What's up, Warriors? I'm Kaylee. And I'm Betsy. And this is the Not Your Mama Pod. We are so excited to be here. And even more excited to have you here on our first episode. Welcome. We're going to kick off our show talking through how we're doing. As you all know, chronic illnesses, that does fluctuate. Betsy, how you doing? How you feeling this week? I'm doing pretty good this week, actually. I suddenly started taking a new supplement. So oh, yeah. Um, if you know anything, you, you might follow me on Instagram, but you might not. But I'm very into like natural. I've never, I've never seen you on that. You've ever. never seen me on the Instagram? No. <laughs> well, I'm on there at my uterusless life. <laughs> okay. You guys go check her out with me. What supplement are you taking? Um, so I, I like Googled because I think I'm actually in like perimenopause, like pre-menopause. So I Googled like what supplements help and it's just like a nature made or something like that. Um, it's called a menopause supplement, but every single one of them that are like the blends that are in there is something that I looked up would help like the symptoms that I'm dealing with. So um, my sleep and uh, my mood and just general mind funk. So we'll see how it goes, but I do feel better this week than I have. So did you just find out that coming back from vacation? I did. Yep. Literally Monday, I think. So, so do you already feel something or is it kind of one of those things like you feel like you need to get a couple weeks in? Yeah, I definitely probably need a couple weeks in. Um, I told my husband the other day, I felt more like clear headed that day, but it could just be a fluke mental thing too. So who knows? No, that's awesome. How are you feeling? So, well, before I answer question, you said you're, it's for pre-menopause, but you called it what? Uh, I think it's called perimenopause. Could be wrong. So is that like pre-pre-menopause? No, I think that's just what they call <laughs> pre-menopause. Okay. Is, so I don't think they call it like pre-menopause. I think they call it perimenopause. Could really? Totally different things, but that's what I mentally understand it to be. Interesting. So. We will get to a disclaimer in a little bit, folks, that we are not doctors, (laughs) but I feel like every time I talk to somebody who's at a different, you know, segment of their journey, they may know something a little bit different. And I've learned if I don't slow down and ask questions, I pronounce things wrong for five years. Um, Just happened. 105 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm doing okay. So that maybe on episode five or six I have a regular voice I've had a cough for about oh 15 days now and in the middle of that I started a cycle so I am on so many medications I can't count I try not to do pain pills anymore um, as much as I possibly can and I'm on so many acetaminophen things that like I feel like this period was a little bit less painful Um, but I'm just doped up I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know. Hey, take what you can get. <laughs> I uh, I just got home from work and I had to rush and put on like leggings because I mistakenly thought I could wear jeans during mm. my cycle to work. And so my hips were throbbing by the time I got home. But I'm sure that's something most people have experienced that have endo. Yes. Yeah, I've a lot of, I had a lot of hip issues. I still do have a lot of hip issues, but especially like with period pain and stuff like that. I don't miss that specifically. <laughs> do you do anything different during your period week to help you like cope with the pain? Cause I definitely like change my workouts and my bedtime routine and everything. 
Well, I don't have a period anymore. Oh, I keep obviously. Thinking. I'm so jealous. No, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend. Wait, but do you still have PMS and some of those feelings? I do. Right? I still have, um, like, I could tell where cycle just because I'm really in tune with my body too though um so I could tell you the week before I would normally be starting my period I'm gonna be hungrier I am probably gonna be a little moodier yeah I'm very aware of where I'm at so I do still have like normal um just no period so that's nice I mean that's a blessing that at least helps your checkbook right oh it's amazing (laughs) there's no (laughs) doubt about it (laughs) would not go back to that time in my Thing. Betsy knows this about me. You guys will learn. While she's had a hysterectomy, I'm still kind of on my journey to decide if that's in my near future. And I make like pro con lists once a month at least. And the first thing I say is like, no more periods, no more tampons, no more yoga because I can't walk with my hips. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little like optimistic there. Yeah, I still love yoga. <laughs> I'm just trying to like, <laughs> can I get out of bed? Because my hip hurts. I don't know. I feel like yeah. it's worse on my cycle. But what about you coping wise? What you have been doing more like yoga and meditation lately, right? I have. Yeah, that was my, that's my focus for November is, I mean, getting back into more yoga and um, meditating, trying to meditate daily. Um, typically, my routine would be go to the gym, come home, take a shower, eat breakfast and then meditate. So I normally would meditate in the morning but I've been switching it. So it's at night right now. Um, So two questions for you. Why are you focusing on meditation? And do you do one self-guided or are you using like a guided app or something to help you? So I am doing meditation just because mentally I feel like it helps me think clearer. And um, I think it helps my moods actually, like prepares me for the day. Um, But in the morning I, a guided one um I just sit and breathe and sit in silence whatever feels right at night I do do a guided meditation and like puts me to sleep so that's just a personal preference and I do use I use insight timer if anyone's used that they have like thousands of uh meditations on there yeah not a sponsor yet yet i should check that out i go between apps or youtube videos when i meditate i do have pmdd and so i feel like my meditation is not a daily thing while that's always going to be my goal i really find the benefits of it like when i am having that depression before enjoying my cycle if i sit down and kind of do some breathing and focus on me i can maybe control those emotions a little bit more Um, yeah it just helps you to keep yourself in check I think, sorry Definitely. to talk over you. No, that's why we're partners. It's because I think we're on the same time frame. You guys yeah. will enjoy it with us too, I'm sure. Uh, and then I do yoga. So I do yoga more as a restorative method. I lately have been going to a lot of boot camps. And so it is so hard for me to do 30 minutes nonstop reps, but I really miss lifting and I feel like my body needs that muscle back. So I've been making a huge effort in doing that. And then about 15 minutes after that class, I immediately take their yoga class because if I don't, my hips don't work and all the little areas that the endo really impacts. Um, So I try to stretch it out. I may not be able to do everything the rest of the class can. I'm definitely not a yogi, but I'm using it as a a good stretch if I can. 
Yeah, I got super into yoga right before my surgery, actually, like maybe two months before. I think it was helping me like cope mentally with what was coming. And like, I felt like I was really preparing my body. And I also think that that's one of the reasons I I held, I healed. (laughs) You healed so so quickly. Yeah. Uh, Disclaimer that we're from the Midwest. That's a hell. I think yoga has a lot of same practices as meditation where if if we can connect with our bodies it may help us a little bit that being said let's jump into our first little segment of the pod we won't do this every week but when me and betsy were talking we thought it'd be like a good little game to get to know each other further if you guys don't know me and betsy were instagram friends for a very long time but this whole like facetime friendship is relatively new so we want to play a game where it's five random questions. We'll go back and forth, and we just have to give an answer on this spot. So we're not prepped for this as much as we should be. Hopefully, that brain fog that we both suffer from is not an issue. <laughs> so are you ready, Betsy? I'll pick you with the first one. I'm ready. Let's do it. Give us your top bucket list share. Oh, okay. Thing you have to do before you leave this earth. Ooh. My in, like initial response is travel to as many countries as I possibly can, like see and experience as many different cultures and the way that people live and eat all the foods. That's yes. probably like 12 bucket list items, but um, really yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be like my initial thought. And I think that's a huge kid list, kid free gratitude per like we can Absolutely. spend our money traveling because I'm I'm right with you. Travel the world is what I'm trying to do in my life. Agree. Okay. I would love to see everything. Okay. Your turn. Um what's your love language? Do you know? Uh so that's super funny. I think it's probably still acts of service. I'm very OCD. I'm very controlling. So if somebody takes something off my plate, it means a ton to me. I would, I think that's it. I feel like I am slowly getting to know myself better through the last year and a half. And I might be opening up to more of like physical touch and things that I didn't realize I did like before. But it's big acts of service. Acts of service is mine. Yeah. That's what mine is. Like, if you vacuum my floors or put away my dishes, I will love you for the rest of my life. Okay, question number two. And this is going to be a super, super hard one for you. Okay. Are you... Let's do it in a would you rather. Would you rather, or what would you give up first? A heating pad or give up a hot bath or shower when you're in a flare-up or in pain? Um, a bath. Or shower. You give up the shower. I would get over a heating pad. A heating heating pad saves my life over and so, over and over again. Girl, I I agree with you. I know the heating pad's much more like impactful, mm-hmm. but I'm part mermaid. Oh, I do love I'm the water too. I'm not giving up that bad. <laughs> like I live. Not that. a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Your question. Okay. This is an important one. What's the best type of cheese? Okay, I do have to preference this with, I don't really like cheese. Okay. I know people can get mad at me. Um, <laughs> so I'm not like a cheese on my brain. Don't, nobody shun her. Me. Don't shun her for that. <laughs> Episode one, we do not need cheese haters on me. Uh, I am not a cheese like on my things. 
So it has to be like cheese paired or something. So I want like, uh, there's a Merlot cheese that goes like super, super good with crackers and stuff. Like I'm gonna be bougie with it if I'm gonna eat it type of person. <laughs> For sure. That is completely fair. I know. You had to choose like the one of the two foods I'm like that uh, you don't like. <laughs> cool. You know. cool. No judgment for me. Uh we'll talk about her later. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to be stuck on an island with one celebrity, who are you choosing? Taylor Swift. <laughs> Whoa, I did not know you were Swifty. I'm I am because I don't want any more haters. And her new album is actually listen. Amazing. I saw her when she was an opening act for Rascal okay, Flatts. Like, so like I'm when an she OG Swift. Tim McGraw song. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm an OG. So okay. I can say I that, that I'm not like a new age Taylor girl. <laughs> I do want to know what she's gonna do for you on that island though. Just sing, and that's gonna be okay, or is she gonna be like useful? I don't know. I don't know that I'm very useful on an island, so <laughs> we'll both cross our fingers and pray together. When I wrote that question for you, I was like, everyone I would choose would not be helpful. I should be like <laughs> bare girls who could actually help me survive. But those are yeah, better choose points. Somebody that's yeah. going to make me laugh. Yeah, I somebody who that. I'd be like, want to have a genuine conversation with. All or right, that like, let's do Kim Kardashian because she's so rich. It'll be the best island I could ever be on. And somebody is going to be really looking for her. Like somebody right. is going to want to find her. <laughs> That's why it was your question. All right, this one leads into my question, which is, oh, would no. you survive a zombie apocalypse? For sure. You would? No doubt. No doubt. First okay. off, home base. I changed my island answer to Kaylee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get the celebrities out. First off, I'm, I'm going to kill some zombies for you, girl. <laughs> I'm going to get them. Like, I... I don't think I have many <laughs> desires to let them live. So we're good. The Walking Dead, I watched most of every season until I fell asleep. Because I fell asleep in every show. We got this. Okay. Um, I believe in you. <laughs> now, when a flare-up happens, I might need to read this stuff in for a week. But that's fair. Flare up, we're we're going to survive. Um, I'm going to save my favorite one for last. So would you rather, and this is kind of a two-parter. Would you okay. rather watch one movie for the rest of your life or listen to one song for your rest of your life? A song. Um, I am really, I don't, oof. Yeah, you have to choose. I have to choose. I mean, if we're going to stick with the Taylor theme, I would say shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can use that in so many different, like, you absolutely. Can. <laughs> there, that one's never going to get old for me. Like, Sorry. Maybe not the best nighttime song, but probably I guess, not. Like... <laughs> but I am very bad at watching movies. Like I'm really bad at sitting still. And at least if I had a song to keep playing, I can do other things. Like whereas a movie, I feel like you have to sit there and watch it. I feel like this question just explains so much about us because you literally just chose the thing that was going to motivate you, and I would have chose the thing I could give up because <laughs> I just wouldn't watch a movie ever again. Okay, that's fair. Whereas I'm, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm going to use it to clean my house, to dance around, <laughs> do whatever. And this is why I was like, B, we should do a podcast. You're so motivating. <laughs> <laughs> I just love everything. <laughs> I love you. Oh, thanks. Okay. If animals could talk, which one of them would be the rudest? Oh, definitely a cat. Like, 
I'm a dog person for sure, but cats are rude. I don't hate cats and I still believe they would be the rudest. I mean, I don't hate them. And I had yeah. an amazing Bengal cat for many years, but I'm not going to take back the fact that that cat was rude. They just don't care about anything. <laughs> no. Well, my dogs, when I, like, I walk in the door, my dogs are like, I love you. I missed you. What can I do? Do you want my toys? The cat's like, oh, you're back? Okay. Feed me. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Last question. This is going to be my hardest question for you. All right. Would you rather give up coffee or craft beer? Mm. That is a really hard one. I am going to say... Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so hard. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to say coffee, shockingly enough. Wow. Because craft beer has given us so many experiences like traveling to different places and um just like really cool dates with my husband I'm gonna say coffee like I do like to go to a coffee shop too but I don't travel across the world to go to a coffee shop my last question is a serious one Kaylee what is your favorite thing about yourself about myself I wish I answered quicker. Um, <laughs> I would probably say at this point is my self-awareness. I went through a lot in the last two years and I've always been deemed as being independent or strong, but that was more because I was having to survive. And now I'm aware of why I'm independent. I'm aware of why I'm strong. I'm very aware of what I want and I know how to kind of communicate that better. And I think that's like part of your life goal of becoming who you are is being okay with who you are. I love that. Hmm, My favorite answer that you've given. That's a good question. Okay. So we are going to jump into this week's topic, which if you guys haven't seen the title, it's Ice Picks in My B. We want to kind of sit here and talk through endo and ando and kind of explain those things. Um, But before we do, we talk a lot on the show. We need drinks in front of us. If Betsy's answer didn't tell you guys, we really like our liquids. So we are going to jump into what you're sipping on and explain what we're drinking. Um, For the the people out there listening, this is going to dramatically change by week by week. I'm being pretty subtle this week. Sometimes it's going to be alcohol. I'm going to drink caffeine at 9 o'clock at night. Um, So... Your glass looks really good. I can't tell if it's a good dark coffee or if it's a... Oh, actually, It's let me... really dark. Is it a porter? It is. It's a chocolate stout. I am drinking beer. Ooh, I went So I'm her. drinking Grand Cacao <laughs> um, by Trogues. Chocolate? Yeah, chocolate stout. It's really good. Um, I just randomly grabbed a few on my way home to earlier today, so it's delicious. Betsy, do you remember our first interaction? Yes. Kaylee sent me craft beer for my husband through the mail. I did. It was the nicest thing. She sent me um, coffee stout, right? A white coffee stout or something like that. I think so. It was really delicious. And I it, she didn't even know who I was. Like, <laughs> yeah, had no idea who I was. And just a random stranger on Instagram, she sent me a six pack of beer and it was the loveliest thing. It was for my husband's birthday, I think. And it was. It was. You're a gem. 
So I am not gonna lie to people. This is probably not um, allowed. So I'm not giving out bad tips or anything. But when you had made a post that says, hey, I want craft beer from another state. And then immediately I saw the post, just kidding. I guess you can't mail it. I was like, hey girl, I'm gonna mail you some barbecue sauce. That <laughs> might be craft beer. <laughs> Please and nobody report us. <laughs> Yeah, it's done. I think there's like an age code, right? A little window. (laughs) But in return, I'm going to need some craft beer back. So you have sent me some of my favorite IPAs I've ever had. Okay, I'm just going to have to pause and say we do have a special guest currently hitting Betsy. My dog, Luna. (laughs) This is Luna. She is in my face right now because she's bored. <laughs> and she gets the zoomies about at this time, which is 7.30 my time. So, yes, that's Luna. I love it. So you guys are going to hear our dogs in the background as part of who we are. Um, we're both dog moms. I did lock mine downstairs. They're probably destroying something because I do have a puppy. But you know what? We're just going to risk it. We're risking it. Uh, so I'm like, I don't have a craft beer or anything fun. I do usually have a sour beer in front of me or a good stout Tonight, I have a medicine ball. Have you had one of these? I have not. I've never even heard of it. Okay. So, anybody who is sick, which I'm going to try for all you folks to take out my coughs this week. Again, day 15. Um, a few might sneak through. Medicine balls are what you need. Go to Starbucks, order it, get the biggest size. You won't regret it. But pretty much, they put like two of their teas together and a peach tea. Ooh, then they put good, lemon though. juice and honey in there for you. Interesting, it sounds really good. It's amazing, it coats your throat. Um, What is it called, a medicine ball? Yeah, B-A-L-L, because I called it a medicine ball more and some people like, yeah, wrong thing. But (laughs) we cannot say that. (laughs) Like, yeah, my bad, medicine ball, try it. I am a Starbucks person, um, but this is their tea, it jumps. And I try to remake it, oh, and it has lemonade in it. Ooh, that sounds good. I tried to make it once. I like put the tea bags in, steamed me some lemonade, added the honey, and it was like an off-brand dollar store version. So just go get the real thing. Just do it. Just pay for it. Just pay for it. It's worth it. It's like two bucks. Like, teas are cheap there. So, um, and if you're like me, I ask for Starbucks gift cards for every gift, so that way I just can like scan it and go. That's like my go-to gift too. Like I hope everyone likes Starbucks as much as I do because everyone can get something there. I did do a white elephant gift one time and I got like a really pretty Starbucks mug and a gift card in there and a non-coffee drinker grabbed it. Of course. I've never been so sad. I was like, I don't know who you are. We can't be friends. Please give it back. Regift, regift that. I just <laughs> suggest that. Okay, let's talk about this week's subject. Um, my pod's called Not Your Mama Pod. We're going to talk about being Not Your Mama's next episode. But this week, we really want to start with our chronic illnesses. I don't want to say they define who we are, but they definitely have impacted our life. I, I don't know if you put Absolutely. it in different words. Yeah. So let's talk through them. But first, my very cool friend Betsy is going to explain to you guys how you should not take our advice that seriously. So this is a hot disclaimer. (laughs) We are not doctors. We We have learned from the internet. We have. Or our friends. Or our friends, which are a very good good resource, but we're not perfect. 
If you would like to correct us, which we do welcome, please send us a gentle note. Yeah, <laughs> please like, remember, girl, we are people. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what you don't know, you don't know. So that's my disclaimer. We're not doctors. We aren't perfect. We don't know everything. But I would say we have like we've got a pretty I would good say grasp. We say on we it. have thirty years experience. That's probably being like on the lower end. I think we probably have closer to 40 years of experience whether we were aware at that time or not like we've been going through this our entire life so yes so we're here to tell you wrong yeah our stories and what we know exactly so this episode we're going to talk about what these chronic illnesses are because i don't know if you've experienced this betsy but every single time i've told somebody i have endometriosis like i have to start from square one and explain what it is and then explain why it impacts me and then explain why I'm sick. And I think while that's a good understanding for the general public, and we definitely will have some listeners that don't have endo. Um, I also think it's different from person to person. And the more we hear and the more we know, it's it's good. Yeah, I'm so, sure your experiences are very different than mine. Or I just don't know it yet. I don't remember what podcast I'll listen to, but I remember like sometimes they'll talk about their symptoms and I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that was related. Let me go to my doctor and ask them, right? Right. So let's start with endo. Endometriosis is defined as tissue that normally lies inside your uterus that grows outside of your uterus or your uterine cavity, I guess, if we want to be super technical with it. Um, and then the lining itself, it's called the endometrium. Is that correct? It's called the, yeah, the endometrium. I always get that confused. And I love the post on Instagram. that's like endometriosis and endometrium are different things. And I was like, oh, they are. That's yep. great. Endometriosis is not the endometrium. Yes. So why does it hurt? This is my favorite thing to explain to people. When you have hormonal changes with your period, that misplaced tissue causes more inflammation and it'll cause like severe pain for people when your tissue grows and thickens with your periods the horrible thing is that it'll break down and as it starts to break down there's nowhere for it to go and it ends up becoming like trapped in your pelvis so then you have lesions that get on your uterus your bowels your philippian tubes your ovaries what am i missing everywhere your kidneys yeah i was gonna say um, it's recently been discovered that endometriosis can be anywhere within your body, even on your brain, which is bananas. Oh, wow. I haven't even heard that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty like recent thing, but, um, I follow a couple of people who have like thoracic. So on your lungs, your diaphragm, your pelvis, it can literally be anywhere. And it can also make your organs fuse together because yes. it's just like tissue growing together. So like, then you have more issues because now your organs are fused together or maybe it's on your bowels and so when you use the bathroom it's causing yeah. pain there so that was my I issue about, yeah we i cannot wait for you guys to hear betsy's whole story because it has taught me a ton too um one thing i learned about endometriosis in the last couple of weeks is did you know your lesions could be different colors and that means different things i think i knew they could be black or like white or like dark like red or something like that so i'm pretty yeah sure. dark I mean, I red like and yellow now what they mean i still i found like two actual clinical documents that are like they have different meanings and then they don't say what it is so i think they're still trying to define it i feel like um, some of them have like um to do with <coughs> how like deep 
infiltrating it is. Yeah, I did read that. Like the lengths and the deaths sometimes are associated with the color. Yeah, that's what I think that they are too, but I'm not 100% sure on that either. So did you see um, your lesions at all? Did you get pictures of your surgery? I got pictures, yeah. Um, I got pictures from my fallopian tube removal. And so I did get to see some of them. Um, but I wish I would have gotten pictures from my hysterectomy, like to actually that be able to see too. my uterus and like what all the junk they took out looked like. But yeah, For I did. Sure. I do have pictures. If you want to see what them, I'll send them to you. You should. I, I mean, honestly, I posted some of mine online. I don't know if they're horrible, but I, like, I did too. Look, yeah, it's here. Um, um, I had some white lesions, and then I had yeah. some like um, deeper infiltrating stuff that just looked like really dark blood vessels. Oh wow. Um, so, but I will, I'll send you on that. And a lot of my stuff, you could, all you can really tell is how bad my adhesions were. And like, yeah. you can see how stuck together everything was. That's crazy. I think ours would look very different. Not saying one is worse than the other. Oh no, I absolutely. I always had that like personality where I'm like, oh my gosh, you sounds so much worse. Like downplay mine, but your, your size, your colors of your lesions, um, your stage, cause endometriosis does get diagnosed in stages. So whatever stage you are, does not necessarily associate with pain. So you could be a stage one or stage four, and that does not mean one has more pain, which is really important for people to know. My lesions were mostly white. I have some really like that dark mustard yellow ones. And then I have a couple that for me, at least they look almost black, but I'm sure it's like a dark maroon. I think those are like chocolate cysts or like an endometrioma which yeah. I'm pretty sure is what was attaching um, like my tubes to my uterus. So I think that that's what that is. That's awesome. I wish, so I, I will explain this more when we do an episode about my journey. I have a doctor that has horrific bedside manner and that makes me super sad because I wish I could just like be like, let me buy you a coffee and can you give me your clinical diagnosis of what yeah. this color means? Not, I don't have a ton of faith in their knowledge. I say they might not even know. It would be nice to ask. Can you at least try to explain this to me? So let's talk about some of the stats. How many, is it one in 10 women? One in 10. What's the percentage of women? I know you had thrown that in. 10%, yeah. So, and that is one in 10 women or 10% of women have endometriosis that's diagnosed. Diagnosed is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it took many, many years for me to get a diagnosis. I'm sure it took many years for you to get a diagnosis. So. Yeah. How many? Uh, I mean, for technically t- 20. Yeah. So I love the way when you told me how many years I got diagnosed, because I always say it took me a decade to get diagnosed, but that's because it took me a decade of trying. I probably right. was closer to the, uh, probably like between 15 and 20 years if you talk about my first symptoms at my first that, cycle. And that's what I talk about. It's like from my first symptoms to when I actually had a name for it, it was mm-hmm. 20 years. On average, it takes a woman eight to 10 years to get a diagnosis for something that is at least in every one to 10 women. Can you guys Which just is, speak that in? Like, that's bananas. It's chronic. So for anybody that doesn't know, it can't be cured. Which sucks. Not gonna go away. Did you experience after you've had surgeries or like you've tried something, people are going, Oh, I hope you feel better now. I hope it's all gone. Um, I don't know that I did as much. I think if I would have had like 
um, excision surgery or something like that. I might've gotten that more. Um, I don't think that people knew really what to ask me or how to talk to me because of the hysterectomy. Yeah. Because I had a major organ removed and yeah, it's like, what, you know, where do you go with that? And also like, I hid it for so long that nobody knew that I was in like a tremendous amount of pain has been new. And that was about it. So, right. I think for me, I'm actually kind of polar opposite. I, I, everybody knew I had pain for years. And then obviously with the infertility and the miscarriage and the years of trying to get pregnant, it was, it was pretty obvious. Um, but 2020, I got so sick to the point, like my dad is a rancher from Wyoming. He was stopping by my house just to like put eyes on my face because he was scared about how sick I was. And so for me, I got so, so, so bad that once I had the surgery, everybody was like, yay, you're going to you better? better. And I was like, chronic, chronic. It's a, not a cure. Hopefully I feel better, but it's a, right. it, it's going to happen again. And my loved ones have such a hard time with the concept that like, I'm going to feel this way again. I am feeling yeah. this way again. I think people are very surprised when um, I tell them that my endo is probably going to come back, that it probably is coming back. I think that that is really shocking to a lot of people because they're like, well, you had surgery. Like, why is it not just gone? And well, that's the thing is it doesn't just disappear for the rest of your life. Like it is probably going to come back. Let's actually talk about that. So one of the main things I actually heard like from the beginning of me going down the journey to get an endometriosis diagnosis is that I should have a baby or I should have a hysterectomy because a hysterectomy is a cure. And I'm going to scream it. Hysterectomy is not a cure. Nope. Not even a little bit. But I'm not going to lie, like, I, I, I still hear it today. If we go back even, like, five to ten years ago, that was the pretty much most prevalent go-forward, like, recommendation from the medical community because now they think it's going to help. My, I'm going to say that, and this might lead into the next one, yeah. that um, endo and... <laughs> get it, get it, girl, get it. <laughs> You want, to do your, you want to do your... Adeno. Uh, adeno. Yeah. Adeno. <laughs> um, endo and adenomyosis. And thank you very much to the Adeno Project for telling me the correct pronunciation. <laughs> because I've so been saying our- adeno. I've been saying adeno. I've been saying adenomyosis. I don't even know. So it's supposed to be adeno. Adenomyosis. There you go. But Tell I'm probably us. gonna say it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna say it horribly because I still can't say it. Uh that's so funny. Do you mind sharing with our audience a little bit like when you realize that maybe you're pronouncing it different and then you realize like everybody pronounces it totally different? Yeah, I actually did not even realize that I pronounce it different than someone else does until we had our hysterectomy talk. So yeah. two weeks ago maybe. And um my one friend says it very different than I did. (laughs) And so I was like, I wonder if everyone else says it different than I do too. And it turns out that no one knows is the real truth. So I've said it forever because that's what my doctor said. Which you should trust them, right? Yeah, but Um, they don't know either. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. So Betsy was awesome enough to share like her screenshots with me where people were like giving her the phonetic pronunciations. And then I was like, girl, I still don't understand. So then she like gave me like a, a voice clip of how to say it. I was sitting in there trying to say it. And then I Google translated it. So I could hear like Google say it to me, totally different. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to say so, it. I'm going with adenomyosis. Uh, I will give you a quick plug. If you guys haven't checked out Betsy's live, you should. I, I think it's both on your Instagram and the other people that you did it with. But it was amazing to watch you guys talk about infertility and kind of your experiences. I know we'll get into them more during this podcast, but you did an amazing job. So thank you. Thank you go check out her. Go check out that IG page that like I didn't know existed. Wink, wink. You know, that's how we think friends. <laughs> Uh, so why don't you tell us about Adeno and then we'll kind of talk through the symptoms of both. Yeah. So what brought that up? Sorry, I'll finish that train of thought because I don't yeah, think do I it. finished. Um, was that endo and Adeno often go hand in hand. So yeah. while a hysterectomy is not a cure for endometriosis, it is for adenomyosis. So yeah, explain that a little bit. If like in my instance, removing my uterus made me feel a whole lot better because I had this diseased organ living within me that um, once it was taken out and I also got a ton of endo removed at the same time. Right. It made me feel better. So dramatic. That is, yes, that's where it's probably a little bit of a gray area when people think that there's a cure, like a cure for endo because it's not a cure for endometriosis, but it is a cure for adenomyosis. Yeah, because so. that tissue is like literally within the uterus at that it point, is. correct? Yeah. yeah. So basically what adenomyosis is, is um, the tissue that normally lines the uterus is actually um, growing into the muscular wall of the uterus. So tissue within your muscular wall acts normally like trying to shed and mm-hmm. um, thickening and breaking down but it doesn't have anywhere to go. So it like creates these blood pockets and just they're painful and your uterus can be enlarged and swollen and just feel gross. Horrible. Yes. Terrible. So (laughs) I think that's a really good point. Number one, I think part of the issue is there's not enough distinguishing between if it's adeno, endometriosis, PCOS, whatever it is, a lot of issues which I like to call that area like my lady parts, mm-hmm. hence my my G name. Uh, trying to fix my lady parts. Maybe someday we'll just call it my lady parts. But <laughs> I I think we have done such a poor job from a medical community at really distinguishing those that we do take this like let's wipe everything off the board approach. And then as the general population, and I won't call it just lady problems because all these issues are non-binary and we will try to bring on some representations right. from different communities down the road but we don't talk about it like it is i don't know how many people had an issue with the fact that i've never hit my tampons like if we can't even buy the hygiene products that we need with confidence how are we going to talk about what's actually going on down there and right. then be very vocal enough to you know explain it i the there's such a community has changed so much yeah there's such a stigma and sh- um shame associated with it that i mean it wasn't something that we ever talked about growing up like no. it's not a normal thing um you know i also think 
like distinguishing the two. I guess I, I should say this. I'm lucky at this point that I am having roughly half my month without symptoms. I've had years where I have flare-ups almost every single day. Yeah. It, it, it It's not stuck to your period. And I don't want people to get the impression like we constantly say painful periods are not normal because we want to change that narrative and have people go get checked out and advocate for themselves. But flare-ups can happen with or without a cycle. Right. And um, I personally would bleed over half the month. Like I would spot almost nonstop. And so like about, you know, around your ovulation time for probably a week after. And I'd maybe have like a few day break before my period. So it was like, I was bleeding nonstop, which was really, really annoying. Um, When we're talking about bleeding, I think people should also notice differences in their cycle. So while I said I had a heavy period from the jump, the year and a half my endo went real 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 crazy my periods dramatically changed like the day i start my cycle it's like somebody would turn on a faucet and i would go through pads within 15 minutes like your body can do really different things depending on where you are that may be a cyst bursting that could be a ton of different things but also like your periods changing or your amount of your blood flow is really important and I um, had heavy periods, but I did not have anything like that. Like mine were pretty, I mean, pretty manageable. Like I would have to change or like change my, dump my cup or a couple times or whatever. Yeah. Or change a tampon every few hours, but it wasn't anything like that. Like it just, it so varies person to person. Like know your body. Know, yeah. Know your, you know, your body the best, like get in touch with your body, understand what's happening might not be normal. It probably is it's not so normal. True. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're questioning it, y'all, it's not normal. And don't listen to your OB if they say it is. I would say, um, I don't know if you suffered from it, but I still pass blood clots every single time I have a cycle. Yeah, I don't. But I mine surgery. used to be giant and disgusting. Yeah. I know that's very graphic. I'm really sorry. Uh, but... I posted one on our Instagram story this week because I like I want people to visually understand like it. They're like, it's blood clots. That's not yeah. normal. No, it's a um, lot. After surgery, I had to go to the ER because I passed a blood clot that made that made me pinch a nerve in my stomach, which oh. radiated up behind my ear and made me pass out. All because of a blood clot. And then everybody knows blood clots are super dangerous. That they, they can go to your heart. They can right. cause a lot of fatalities. And so I got to spend like six hours in the ER. The biggest um, issue with endo or adeno. There you go, adeno that we both suffer from um, infertility. Oh yeah. <laughs> we didn't uh, I'm it. like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> they all suck. Um, no. They're all really dreadful. Uh, yeah, infertility. Not everyone has it. Not everyone Correct. has to. Um, so actually, let me actually have you explain that a little more. So endometriosis, you can't have infertility. Um, if you get pregnant, some people can carry, some people can't. I do talk about my miscarriage, and when we go into my full story, there will be a trigger warning. They do not know why I miscarried. I've had infertility and was unable to get pregnant for many, many years. When That's I true. did, I miscarried. We're, we don't know why that was. How is that different with Adeno? You, you, you couldn't have a so, yeah. pregnancy, right? Right. So basically, they told me I had an uninhabitable environment. Um, which we would later find out that that did mean 
that um, my uterus was basically trash and a baby couldn't implant. So that was my biggest thing. And well, by that time, both of my tubes were shut with endo. So there was like a lot of things, (laughs) a lot of action happening. That with, with these type of chronic illnesses, it's usually not like, here's your diagnosis, here's your impacts. It's very different right. from person to person. You usually have other diagnoses that go hand in hand that kind of make you different. Um, we will talk about our chronic illnesses a lot more as we go through. We do focus a lot on our infertility, but it's not a negative podcast. It's more yeah. of a, let's share who we are and where we are, because what's our goal? We want to be happy as kid free or kidless adults. And... I think I want this podcast to be about how we are thriving. Like, yeah, um, there are so many people without kids, a thousand percent. Like there are so many people <laughs> who would just focus on all of these terrible things and how junky that this chronic illness is. And yeah. there's so much good that can come from it. So I think that that is my main mission for this. And I hope it's yours definitely. too. It definitely is. And um, I will backtrack a little bit. Betsy did a great job saying, advocate for yourself, fight for yourself, make your doctor's appointments. We'll go in depth in future episodes of like both our experiences advocating, but also like what tips did we know? Do you, did you make a notebook? What tips can we help somebody starting out with their journey to get diagnosis? Right now, the biggest thing is if you feel like your periods are not normal, go start that appointment. And if you don't get or an answer, pain, that's not where you, you have, stop. Yeah. yeah. If you have yeah, any you have sort pain. of And people, our DMs are always open for endo and endo and infertility. Let me very clarify. Our DMs are open for this pod. But for hit anything. us up. If you have a question, yeah. we will help answer. Like, if you don't know where to start or, you know, um, the biggest thing for me is journal it. Journal it all. Because once you start writing yeah. it down, you kind of see that you have symptoms. That was uh, what I did. I took notes, like, pretty... Uh, dramatically and then yeah. I was like I'm gonna go in with this list of notes and be like hey buddy these are not yeah. normal things these are not normal and don't gaslight me and listen to yeah. me because it's bad um, we will go into the laparoscopy we'll go into all the surgeries the hysterectomy we do want to go ahead and clarify that excision is the gold standard so if you are at a point that you think you need surgery that's where I'd also say advocate for yourself and then start searching what's what type of surgery you would like yeah find a proper limitations are a proper excision surgeon also like a lot of them will do ablation that's not going to help you i mean it might is that they are both only pretty much only diagnosed via surgery i mean yeah Adenomyosis. So let's talk about that. Will you, yeah, will you just elaborate on both of them and how, yeah. how surgery is needed for somebody that has no idea? Yes. So um, endometriosis, typically you need um, like a diagnostic, diagnostic, like laparoscopic surgery where they yep. literally go in searching for it. Yep. Um, adenomyosis, sometimes they can see it on an MRI. Sometimes they can't. Most of once they get in to do surgery, um, they might be able to do an ultrasound of your uterus where they see that it's enlarged. But if it's just like slightly enlarged, they might not notice it. Um, sometimes they, when they're in there doing surgery, they can, um, you know, touch it and it bleeds. Right. They're like, like oh, that's an like issue that I that's can put the case with. And there's bleeding. Yeah. And that's Anya. Um, I'm calm. Yeah. 
not just infertile, I think was her name. Yeah. Um, but she's a gem. We'll tag her. If you should, we'll yeah, we'll tag you. <laughs> Uh, I think that was how she was diagnosed, is that she was actually in surgery and they touched her uterus and it was basically bleeding. So I think every everything's different. Mine was enlarged. It was also very uh, tender and sensitive, but yeah, it's just... I think it's interesting because even from like, so we will talk about our journeys, we'll talk through like medical staff, but I went through oh, probably 15 doctors my whole journey. And each one will look at things. And I can't tell you how many ultrasounds and things I had where they're like, your uterus looks beautiful. Your uterus looks perfect. You know what I mean? Because they aren't, some some honestly don't know what endometriosis are, but they're also looking for all these different markers without like really knowing distinguishing factors. And that's because there's just not enough knowledge. Um, And there are some things like you go through hoops before you have surgery. My understanding sometimes that's insurance purposes, but they do ultrasounds because some things do show up. They do blood work because yeah. there are indicators that could point to endometriosis, but like you can also have that for ovarian cancer and things like that. So right. there's there's things, but the biggest signs of like, hey, we should probably have the surgery is not your labs, it's not your ultrasounds, it's not those things, it's actually your symptoms. So let's talk through some of the symptoms of endometriosis and then I'll let you, Betsy, jump in with if you had any that you really felt that were adeno rather than endo. Good job on the, on the word. Girlfriend, I wrote out the phonetics. <laughs> phonetics. I got it out. Phonetics. Girl, we are not doctors. We, we do We will mess way. up. What's yes. the first symptom that you remember? Uh, no, let's play a game. Tell me what okay. your first symptom that ended up like now you're like, oh, wow, that was endo. And yeah. what was your worst symptom? So my first symptom, and I will tell anyone who would listen, is that from the age of 12 years old, I would be like curled in the fetal position. I was in such pain when I had periods, like terrible. I would be vomiting. Like I was in such chronic pain that it made no sense at all. And for that just to be like your norm every month will never make sense to me. Yeah. So what about you? I I think my very first I I will preface this and I'll talk about this in my journey. I I block out a lot of my young years of it. I understand that. I think that's just because you're told it's normal. I do remember I had horribly heavy, long periods and I was taking vital from the very beginning. My mom put me on birth control with my like very first cycle. So obviously the pain was bad so I, I would I think those periods were really really bad like I remember I had a tampon to go bag with me even when I very started my period I had extra pjs on every sleepover because even if I had a tampon in, and a liner in I may still bleed through the night yeah. my friends were like we don't even bleed at night um yeah going swimming on my period was not an option because I was gonna bleed so much so those are probably my first one yeah, like a really bad heavy period. But I, I thought it was normal. I completely yeah. thought it was normal. To, like, it is. It's, first it's a thing. To go with. What was your most painful symptom? And like, if you explained it to somebody, like, how did you do that? Because I struggled with explaining mine. Yeah. Um, I think that my most painful was that I started to have like cysts burst really regularly. Oh. 
like constantly just I mean that was like what my last straw was so 30 ish 30 to 32 and um like constantly like once or twice a month and if you've ever had a cyst burst it is extremely painful so I would say that's my worst for me and it's gonna be our title of the show because it's just so graphic and I want people to like especially if you don't have endo to kind of get your attention but I literally feel like when I have a flare-up I feel like there's an ice pick stabbing me and I I say it might be um I will tell you the first time it happened I distinctly remember so I'm gonna clarify this with if I'm not having PMDD I don't really cry I'm pretty tough I think it's all my years of endo that like pain doesn't really bother me check me out I'm not tattooed I'm not a real crier either (laughs) no I like I fell asleep during a tattoo and my artist was like are you good and I was like oh god this is nothing this is nothing compared to what I go through um but I remember driving one day and I was on the phone and I I don't even remember who I was on the phone and I like screamed and I just started bawling and it had kind of been building up but I just like I'd had too much of it and they're like what's going on and I was like I feel like somebody's stabbing me down there. Like where? I was like, I don't know if it's the front, if it's the back, if it's the middle. I feel like I'm getting stabbed over and over and over. Um, that led to GI appointments and pretend like maybe potential ulcers, but not really anything's found. It was endo. It's yeah. what a flare up is for me. I just didn't know how to communicate that yet. So I literally feel like somebody stabs me in the V every time I have a flare up and it's just constant repetitive pokes and it's horrific it makes my whole body shut down yeah so some other symptoms obviously are pain with sex um hip and back pain we both kind of talked about that a little bit ago I have a lot of lower back pain pretty regularly um yeah hot flashes being told you're bleeding is normal obviously blood Um, clots blood clots anemia (laughs) which is uh, like I've I was able to donate blood one time ever because I was super anemic and I passed out that time. <laughs> so, funny. like, my iron is trim, was tremendously low. I, I do. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it truly impacts your iron. Level. Yeah. Uh, cramps, but not cramps just during your period. Cramps could come one to two weeks before and after your period, or like some temporarily. But um, the difference between those two is that ablation is yeah. just going to burn off the top layer. Excision is going to dig the whole lesion out. So, and I'll, I'll go on here and say, I didn't get an excision. I wanted it. I didn't have a physician that was near me and an insurance that would pay for it. And I needed immediate help so I could survive. Um, that is from a physical survival is important too. Yeah. So we'll also talk about that because it's like, we're saying, oh, people don't know what this disease or these chronic illnesses are. We also are very limited in the support we get and we have to have grace with that. We do want to do a movement challenge and love the movement challenge that you chose for November. So share it. Yeah. So if you follow me, um, you know that like we, through the month of October, I think we were hashtagging uh, movement medicine, which I'm still very yeah. into. You should still do that because I love yes. seeing how other people are moving their bodies and, um, you know, how you're making yourself healthier mentally and physically. So on the mental side of things, um, my goal this month was to meditate more. Yeah. So we decided to do a challenge that if you meditate or journal, if that's your yeah. thing too, um, for like five to 10 minutes per day, 
and tag us on Instagram, we're going to enter you into a contest of some sort and we'll send you a gift. We're not sure what it is yet, but we'll send you something. Definitely. I think it's just important. I love this one. So if you do something mindful, meditation, journaling, like Betsy said, tag us at Not Your Mama Pod, hashtag movement is medicine. We believe that every month we're going to do something because I feel like, at least for me personally, watching you put effort behind your workouts and your mindfulness encourages me to keep going. And if I'm in a flare up, I work really, really hard to give myself grace if I can't do it. And you should. I also I, know at times it helps me if I just yeah. do it and your motivation helps me. So we want to be that for you guys. Yeah, I think that was always one of my things is that um, while it's definitely not a cure, movement always helped me. Like it would help yeah. me survive my flare ups. It would help me survive my periods. It was really important for me in my life. It still is very, very important for my mental health and physical yeah. health, obviously. But yoga, gentle stretching. I mean, just something to show your body some appreciation because it is here. It is carrying you through every single day. Like people love it. For sure. So let's talk. Uh, We've mentioned it multiple times. We will have guests. So if you want to be part of our podcast, drop us a DM. If you want to give us gentle corrections or add to the conversation, uh, we will always reflect back or we'll make posts. So Let's talk about how they can get connected with us. We do have an email. Betsy, we what's do. email? It is notchamamapod at gmail. So I'm going to spell that out. Not <laughs> N-O-T-C-H-A-M-O-M-M-A-P-O-D at gmail.com. I made you say it because I love the way you say notchamamapod. Because <laughs> I say it with like a little attitude. <laughs> yeah. Like I wish you guys could see the head roll with me. It's just fun. Like, <laughs> Um, we're on IG at Not Your Mama Pod. Both our personal IGs are linked there. This will drop on every platform. We do want you guys to be a part of this conversation because we have leaned on you heavily to kind of get to the happy, healthy place we're at. Yeah, I would love um, to hear what you want us to talk about. Any, you know, and I don't know if you want advice from us, but if you want advice from us to like, I would, I would love to talk to you. Yeah. Other cool things we have coming, we are going to make sure on our stories on IG that we post what we're drinking. So me and Betsy will both take pictures of our drinks tonight. We'll explain what they are. We'll have book recommendations as they come up. We are also working on an Amazon list for the Not Your Mama pod where you guys can go reference the items we have um, within our show notes, but also within that. So we talk about a really crazy product that you want to buy. We will make sure it's linked out so you can get it. Any other thoughts, Betsy, before we kind of give them an idea of what they can expect in two weeks from us? Nope. I think that you pretty much covered it. Sweet. So in two weeks, we are going to actually jump into the Not Your Mama episode, which for me, that is talking about being kidless and my coping mechanism of a life without kids. Betsy, you don't refer to yourself as kidless. What do you say you are? I do not. I say I'm child free because I... um, and past the kidless part. So, but so, we'll talk about the, the distinctions next or in two weeks. For sure. If you guys want to learn more about the difference in that journey and then kind of get to know us in our next couple episodes, we hope to see you there. Otherwise, thank you so much for tuning thank in. Thank you.